For grace to you and peace from our God and Father, and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. Amen. Well, dear friends, the topic of the sermon for this evening is prayer. And specifically, as was mentioned in our text for tonight, that our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, is the one who prays for us. That really is our only advantage, isn't it? As we continue to study the Holy Scripture, as we're going along learning more about what this world is actually like, as we learn and, yes, even experience the terrible things, the tragedies, the pitfalls that come to all of us, we come to discover that, yes, Satan still has power here. And yes, as we talked about in the sermon last Sunday, Satan was able to say to our Lord and Savior, all the kingdoms of the world in all times are mine. I will give them to you, if you will but bow down and worship me. Satan, yes, was making a very legitimate offer. If Jesus would but bow down and worship him, Jesus would have complete control over all the kingdoms of the world for the rest of time. But, right, what would have happened? He would have acknowledged Satan as his superior. He would have turned over all things to the devil himself. Who knows what kind of terror would follow such an act. It is better to serve the Lord your God than even to gain all the riches of the world. And yet that's the world that we live in, isn't it? It's a world where, yes, Satan can come out of nowhere and like a roaring lion, he can strike at us. He can devour our, our loved ones, our possessions at times without a moment's notice. And going out into a world like that, you might say to yourself, it's better to just keep a low profile. It's better maybe for Satan to just not notice me. If I can just kind of get through the day without him glancing my way, maybe that's the way to live. I just won't stand out much from the crowd. And I, I just kind of, you know, keep my head down. I just kind of protect myself and look out for my own interests and not really try to interfere all that much. And yes, dear friends, indeed we find many people, our own friends, our own family members, they sometimes come to live in that very way, don't they? Just kind of keep my head down, to not really be noticed too much. Hopefully Satan's gaze avoids me and I can slide by and not get hurt too very much in this world. But unfortunately, that sounds like a very sad way to live, doesn't it? Our Lord and 
and Savior, he comes tonight and he offers us his reassurance. If you are mine, I myself am praying for you. Now, yeah, it is kind of interesting that in the text for tonight, he says, hey, I'm not praying for the world. Right? He specifies it. He says, I am praying for the ones you gave me. And as we study the text and we, we follow it through, right? Who, who are those people? Well, certainly the, the original disciples, isn't it? At other points in, in Scripture, it tells us that there, there were 70 other people out there around the disciples that followed after Jesus as well. And so an inner circle of 12, right, kind of an outer circle of 70, you know, certainly there were all the people that, that he healed and that came to know the Lord through him. But Jesus says, I'm praying for the ones you gave me. And, and maybe you say, well, well, where's the reassurance in that? Well, there was the, that little bit of a text, maybe you picked up on it. And for the ones they will reach, you see. And so our Lord and Savior, He prays for us as ones who were reached through the generations by those original followers. You see, dear friends, in this world, in this life where there's trial and turmoil, where there's disaster and tragedy, our Savior, Jesus the Christ, reminds us He prays for us. But how can you dare to even get up in the morning? How can you dare to even set foot outside your door knowing all the terrible things that could happen? You can do it because of that reassurance. Maybe something bad just happened yesterday. And maybe you even slipped up in some area of your life and maybe, you know, the next morning you're kind of wondering, how can I face tomorrow? How can I go back out there once again? Have you kind of been in that position? I can remember back in 1987, I was kind of in a, a bad car accident. And I, I just, you know, driving along and I didn't see, a, you know, they call it a bread truck, uh, but, you know, kind of a delivery truck. Uh, maybe you see them at, down at the store, you know, they deliver Doritos or they deliver Pop or, uh, you know, what kind of like a, a UPS truck even, but painted different colors, right? <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> And there I was, you know, driving along, and I was enjoying the summer day, and I wasn't even speeding at that time. You know, I was a young man, but I was, I was even obeying the law. And just all of a sudden, wow, get, just got hit from the side by this bread truck. And had hairline fractures in my pelvis on this side, and kind of clipped off the top of my ear. And if you've ever looked real close at my ear, you can still see the scar 
across there, and you know, I kind of got this jagged line in my forehead, had a lot of glass in my shoulder, and you know, my, my car that I, I loved so much as a young man just completely destroyed. Going through the, the hospital experience, I was actually hospitalized for five days at, at that time, and you know, then coming out of the hospital, going to rehabilitation, and not being able to drive for several weeks because of my hip. And, you know, getting behind the wheel of that car for the first time again, I'm a little bit hesitant. Now, a little bit worried about, you know, driving out of the driveway because there's that little voice that said, you know what happened last time? Right? And still, we come back again, don't we? And still we go on once more with our lives. Yes, there are bad things that happen. Our Lord, He says in the text, I do not pray that you would take them out of this world. Right? But I pray that you will help them, that you will uplift them, that you will sustain them through this world. And dear friends, really, isn't that where our hope comes from? You know, sometimes I'm counseling with, with people and they, you know, kind of like to use that, that one certain verse that says, you know, the Lord will not give you more than you are able to to handle. And a lot of times when people come to the pastor, they're kind of at the end of their rope, aren't they? And, and so, you know, they come to my office and they say, you know, pastor, I, I don't really understand what the Lord is doing because it seems like he's giving me more than I can handle. And I know there's that verse and I want to believe in in that verse, but it, it just seems like more is happening. And dear friends, I'm going to tell you tonight, I often have looked at that verse as to say perhaps from the other side, the other side of the coin, you know, we talk about. And that is, I believe, that the Lord himself will come into your circumstance and he will uplift you and he will give you more power in order to make it through those times. That the Lord will not allow more things to happen in your life than he is able to support you in. And so, yes, it, it might be true that you have a, a loved one at this current time. You kind of know their emotional state. You're really close to them, and you kind of know what you think they can probably uh, take with, without cracking or bending. And then you see these things, these events converge upon their life, and you say, wow, what will my loved one do? They're just being overwhelmed by these things. And then you say to yourself, well, where is God? Why is God not limiting these certain events? And I would say to you once more this evening, 
I believe our Lord and Savior, by praying for us, will give us the power and the strength to make it through those trying times. And yes, even if you yourself feel like you're being overwhelmed and you can't quite get to that victory, I believe through the prayers of Jesus, He will lift us up. He will give you that one more percent that you need to make it through to tomorrow. He will sustain you. It's really the, one of the reasons that I feel that way is kind of studying through history some of the great martyrs of old, we often find at the point of the incredible torture that they underwent, at, at the point when, yes, they were facing death and they were beyond all hope of human rescue, that often these great men and women of God were able to die even singing in the flames. That is the kind of death that so has impressed non-believers through the ages that yes, even the death of a great martyr can draw other people to Christ. Now you think about that. You know, you, you and I, we just kind of had minor burns, right, through the course of our lives. Just were a, a little bit careless, you know, maybe you, you ladies with something that you were cooking, or you guys with your welding torch or your solder iron, you know, and, and you, you got a, a little burn here or there, and it's just like, ow! You know, that really stings, you know, just that, that little thing. And then you, you begin to imagine, well, you know, if I was tied to a post and people piled wood around me and they set that on fire, I imagine that that just would be excruciating. You're just sitting there and you're slowly being enveloped by the flame. Now putting yourself in that position, you know, what might you think? What might you feel? You, maybe you say, well, you know, God has abandoned me. Right? And, and maybe you would say, you know, maybe God doesn't really care about me like I thought he did. And you might cry out even and you'd say, Oh Lord, what in the world is going on? Why is this happening to me? I, I can imagine myself thinking things like that, saying things like that, right? And yet for many of these martyrs, they were simply able to break into their favorite hymns. They were again just singing in the midst of the flames. And with their dying breath, they're able to sing that last stanza, that, that last little phrase. And then they were gone. Because Jesus was praying for them. Because in the midst of the hardest section of their lives, they were uplifted. They had the grace to be able to finish well. 
and the sustaining power of our Lord to see them through. Dear friends, that's why we can face tomorrow. That's why we're able to get up in the morning one more day. That's why after a car accident, you're able to start driving once again. That's why after you, you slipped on the ice and you messed up your shoulder last year, you're able to still get out there through this terrible winter and get around once more. Because we have that faith. Because we have that courage. Our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ is seated at the right hand of God. And He has promised that if we are His children, He is praying for us. Now that's the key, isn't it? That we are His children. That we are His. Now certainly for you here tonight, right, you came to know the Lord even before you had intellect, didn't you? Because probably your mom and your dad brought you forward for holy baptism. Mm -hmm. And maybe you just were seven days old, or maybe you were three months old, but probably somewhere in the course of, of the first six months of your life, Right? Mom and dad, grandma and grandpa, aunt, uncle, whoever it was, they said, that little baby needs to be baptized. And so here he came to the church. And in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, right? The water of baptism, you know, placed upon your brow, marked with the sign of the cross, both upon your forehead and upon your heart. To mark you as one redeemed by Christ the crucified. And you grew up in the church, and your mom and dad, they brought you to Sunday school, and they brought you to the, the church services, and, and you grew in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. You came to Confirmation Sunday, and with a very you know, pious you know, reflection. You stood before the congregation and you said, yeah, it, it, it's in our liturgy, I would rather face death than be divided from the teaching that's been passed down to me through the catechetical instruction of Martin Luther would rather face death, the young people say. And for you here this evening, right, you remained in the church. And yeah, maybe there was a, a time when you were in college and you kind of drifted away or you couldn't quite make it every Sunday. And maybe there were some other times in your life when, you know, it, it kind of seemed to be of less importance and you had all the things with the, the job or you had a boss that made you work on Sundays or, you know, things were difficult. But, Still, you continued on. Children of God. Ones whom Jesus Christ himself prays for. All the time. 
every day, continuously. Dear friends, that is how much our Lord loves us. Now certainly in the season of Lent we reflect once again that yeah, you know 2,000 years ago, halfway around the world, as Jesus hung upon the cross, he was thinking of you. But maybe sometimes we need a, a little bit more reassurance, don't we? And maybe some days you say, well, you know, 2,000 years ago, I'm really glad he was thinking of me then. But, you know, what about today? What about when I go home this evening? What about when I, I face my boss tomorrow? Or what about when, you know, these things are happening in my life. And halfway around the world, boy, yeah, you know, that's kind of a little ways away, Pastor. What about right here in Randall, Minnesota? And so I have that privilege to tell you once again here tonight that at this very moment, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ is seated at the right hand of God. And at this very moment, He has you in His mind. And at this very moment, your name is upon His lips as He speaks to His Father that you would be uplifted, that you would be sustained, and that you would have the power and the ability to face whatever comes in your tomorrow. Amen. And may the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and the love of God and the power of the Holy Spirit be in your hearts and minds now and always. Amen.